Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 160. It is January the 16th, 2014. It is 9.30 p.m. We are coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey, the traffic jam capital of the world. Oops. I think it's time to have a little traffic jam. Yes, it's Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. Talking New York sports, it's 9.30, let's do this. It's Thursday night, let's do this. I am one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, also known as Sam Pete. To everyone around, hey, happy Thursday. We're in the, we're in the midst of winter. And uh, things, are, things are getting crazy. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about A-Rod. We have to. I have a take. Cal has a take. PJ, PJ has an opinion. PJ's going to opine. Uh, we're going to talk about Rex Ryan getting an extension, a Rextension, just so we can say Rextension a bunch. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they moved the NFL draft to May. Nobody told me. Nobody sent me a, a memo, not a note, not a fax. It is now Thursday, May the 8th. I, I want to talk about this. This is big. This is big news. Uh, and then uh, PJ has job uh, news. The Bishop has job news. Very exciting. Big announcement a-coming. So let's get to all of this. Ready to unload with Count and Pete, episode number 160. Here is the co-host of the program, Mr. Brian 
Calniva. Calpino, let's bring him in. Cal. Di- direct from Nova Scotia. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. My partner in crime, my partner in crime, my partner all things things the prime. Brian Hi, Cal. Nice, Steve. I lost it there at the end. I know you did. Mr. Brian Something Italian. Hi, Brian. Hello. How are you? All right. How are you? You're looking well. You have a collared shirt on. Are we going somewhere? <laughs> We're classing up the joint. Are we? Yeah, not really. Are you sure? Because, no, I'm not sure at all. Because I'm in my pajamas. I am. It's late. I wish I could be in my pajamas. In these parts. Oh, hey, the Oscar nominations were today. The noms? Yeah, the noms. So we're, we're going to do our fourth annual We Didn't See Any of These Movies. Um, let's uh, become a regular show here on RTU. We'll talk about that maybe in the fun load. Maybe. Yeah. How come, how come you're all dressed up? What time's the prom? I am not all dressed up. I just haven't dressed down yet. Oh, I see. From the day. It's not, it's not casual Thursdays at the council? No. So, no. No? no? You, can't, you can't wear jeans? <laughs> it's rough. It's rough over there. They'll send you right down to HR. <laughs> the kids are in skirts? They, yeah. And blouses? Wow, why did I just say that like Christopher Mad Dog Russo? Blouses? They're in blouses? Uh, you know, you really should consider dress-down day there at the Calvi household. It's Well, I'll tell you, we've tried it. And unfortunately, people took advantage of it, and we lost it. Allison was wearing fishnet stockings. It just it went a little too far. Yeah. Appropriate. You know, you can't... Nobody is responsible enough to... Uh, right. To handle it on a mature level. Yeah. You were wearing your favorite sweatshirt there, your little half shirt. It was a coconut bra and a grass skirt. <laughs> and somehow that did not fall under the auspices of casual Thursday. <laughs> I, you know. Are dress down Fridays still allowed at the Calvi household? Fridays are fine. Thursdays, not so much. So the coconut bra on Friday, no problem. It's perfectly acceptable. Anything goes. Anything. Even the hula skirt. Especially the hula skirt. Yes. How are you? Can you wear a kimono on dress down Friday, on casual Friday? Um, it depends. <laughs> on the design? On a lot of things. All right. Maybe All right, the sir. month. All right, sir. A lot of it has to do with the, uh, the weather. Sure. The temperature. We're in the year of the dragon, perhaps. What are we in the year of? Do you know what it is? This is the year of the squirrel. No, it's not. Stop making up things. <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> you said that with such conviction. I feel like it could be. Isn't it, isn't it always either the dog, the dragon, or the rat? Right. It's one of those three. It's just a rotating... It rotates around. It's like which network is, is airing the Super Bowl. <laughs> it just spins around a couple times. Every, each animal gets the new year once every three years. Right. Uh, I hear the horse. The year of the horse. There he is. Hi, the bishop. How are you? 
You can you can come in now. I, I mean, if all you right, want I'm to... back. And they're gonna make an entrance. Huh? There he is. He's the, he's the producer of the program. He's an ordained. Nobody can play this at home, TJ. <laughs> this is all you, buddy. He's an ordained you know, you something. I am ordained in the Church of the Absurd. Ah, but are you pre-ordained? You'd have to ask those who came before me. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me an idea last week when you said this might be a cover of Fearless because we should really stop using this version even though we used it only a couple of seconds of it Right? maybe I should do a cover version of Fearless and it would be my intro music wouldn't that be that's, great? A, that's a fantastic idea and I would by love- the way this is the first time I'm on video with you guys, and since you got these new microphones, you both look ridiculous. These you mean, microphones are bigger than your heads. I think, I think what you mean to say it is ridiculously like awesome. You look like you're talking into a headlight. <laughs> what is going on? Is it is it 1940s radio hour-ish enough for you? Or? Yes, Exactly. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for like a like a live radio show with sound effects and the, the whole story and we've I'm the shadow. I, you know what I want to do with this mic? We're, Cal and I got these these uh, blue snowball microphones that are that are great. You know, for low level podcasting, uh, they're really really good. And they that's the level we're at. That's that's a comfortable level, an appropriate level, <laughs> low. RTU Sports Talk Radio at a low level. <laughs> that's the next T-shirt. Worst, <laughs> worst tagline ever. We really need some new blood in the marketing department. <laughs> Low level we are pod- the flat thing. line. We're right. the flat line of, of sports talk. <laughs> With a picture of the three of us just shrugging. <laughs> Low level. What are you going to do? What else there do you it want? Is. We're talking sports and stuff. Not at a high level. No, I meant I meant audio wise, like without an ISDN line. And did I say that right? With oh, ISDN. Thank you. you. Said that like a professional. With an I, without an ISDN line and without being able to move off of Blog Talk Radio just yet, these microphones are definitely improving our sound. However, I feel like Brian Setzer every time I step up to one, because I, I just want to sing something about you know, go Johnny go. That's what it is. You 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 should be wearing a Gretsch guitar. <laughs> you know what I love? By Forty old musician. I love when you make fun of Blog Talk Radio, like we're David Letterman making fun of General Electric. <laughs> like that's like the cool thing. You make fun of your boss, and they're not our boss. Let's be honest. But they are our broadcaster. Make no mistake about it. Hey, Stefani. There's no question. Stefani. Stefan, not our boss, but it's just funny when you bring it up. It, it it really is, and I say it all the time now. Like I rip on them mercilessly. We're so passive aggressive towards Blog Talk Radio as we're as we're broadcasting over their very airwaves. That's a perfect analogy. The Letterman and NBC. Hey, Blog Talk Radio. What do you think of that, Paul? See what I did there. You. It's great. Great day. Did you guys watch? 
Did you guys I can watch jump on the piano? You want a little Paul Schaefer? <laughs> Please don't jump on sure. the piano. Sure. Do you have one near you? <laughs> that piano is sure. not insured. That piano is not insured. Come on. Where did he go? Where did he go? He went to jump on the Black piano. Black Dog Radio. Oh, Black Dog Radio. Black Dog. Okay. That's a, uh, yee. That's a good song, Paul. That was, by the way, that was perfectly Paul Schaefer. That's yeah. exactly what he would do. I know. And then, wait, you have to hold up your hand and cut off Anton Fig. Well, that's just it. I had no, dr- I had no drummer. He's not there. Black Dog Radio. Shh. With the cymbals way up high because he's Anton yeah. Fig. And, 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 and right after that third chord, actually, the cat nearly knocked me over. That's, that's why. That's why that rendition stopped. I got tripped by a cat. Were you guys big uh, Letterman fans? Like yeah, old, yeah. old, really? Yes. Please, please expand on this. Please expound on this. Please expunge something. Cats here. Please X something. No, seriously, expand on this. I was half and half. Were you like a, Cal, you were every night with Letterman, really? No, 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 not every night. Not, not like PJ. But I liked, I, I followed him. I knew what was going on. Okay. Late, late in his NBC run. Not early. Not when we were nine. No. <laughs> I wasn't staying up to watch Andy Kaufman. That's just, right. You didn't, say, uh, you didn't see Rick Lawler. Rick Lawler? Is it Rick? Rick. It's Lawler. Jerry. Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Oh, the wrestler. Yes. Jerry Lawler. Well, yeah. you, you went Kaufman, I went Jerry <laughs> so Lawler. I thought, I, I thought he was talking about the producer, Rick Lawler. <laughs> I, I seem to remember sort of being around ninth or 10th grade a big fan. Yeah, that's, that's kind of when he became part of our awareness. Which would be like 89, 90. Sounds so about right. He, See, he's I, still an NBC. I was with Letterman... From his morning show. Oh, what did you do there? We were... <laughs> I was a showrunner. Oh, I didn't know you were... We were, like, first family in all of Staten Island to get a VCR. So I, we had a VCR, like, since, like, 77. I mean, it was crazy. I don't know where my dad got it. It was... Was it like really big? It was gigantic, a gigantic top loader. It, was, it, looked like, it, was, it looked like the computer in war games. Yes, it was absolutely <laughs> enormous. And it had a remote on a cord. Oh, yeah. Had, we had, had a, our, first, our first VCR had a remote on a cord as well. Yeah, and it was mono, and you changed the, you changed the station with a dial yep. and the whole thing. And uh, Letterman started his morning show. My mom used to tape it, and I would watch it when I got home from school. Wow. And then we were really sad when he got taken off the air. And then he... Uh, now, again, I don't know why my mom thought that it was okay for me to watch it, but she thought <laughs> I would find it funny, and I did. I was a huge fan. You were like, you were like seven. Yes. Wow. I think I was in first grade when he had the morning yeah. one. And then late night started, and we just kept taping it. And so we would watch it every night. You know, wow. The day after. Later. Right. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. 
So you you really some people say they were ground floor. You were ground floor. We were ground floor. We we yeah. Wow. We, we we watched all of them, all the crazy characters and Chris Elliott and Larry Bud Melman and all those people coming through. It uh, it I mean this is not going to be a podcast about Letterman, but it changed the landscape. I mean, it really did change the landscape. I think you know we've talked about. I didn't know what the moments. landscape was because we right. didn't watch. I, I never saw but anything see, else from late night for years. But see, I I did because my grandmother used to watch Carson mm-hmm. every night. My yeah, grandmother I started Carson about sixth grade. Now she she watched the Tonight Show every night. So the first thing I watched was the Tonight Show, like probably when I was eleven or twelve years old. But we've we've talked about this before, and the the amazing thing is, like, what when can you can either of you guys remember when it changed from like watching, like watching Letterman live, like watching it at twelve thirty at night, like when it changed to watching him live? Yeah, like when when you when you made that switch, because I would say I probably did that in ninth, tenth, eleventh grade. Like I would watch it nightly at twelve thirty. Well, that was around the time that I was starting to stay up for Saturday Night Live. Exactly. So now I was, training your body. To, yeah, I was introduced <laughs> to the late night uh, television Yeah. at that I, point. I think I... See, Arsenio. I, I, I stayed up late for Saturday Night Live early. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase's show. Right. He had one. Thick yeah. of the Night. Thick of the Night, which we've talked about. Right. Not, Not a fan. It's <laughs> <laughs> never mm. a fan. I'm sorry. I did not care for the Joan Rivers program. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. I'll let her know. She's going to be. She's going to be very disappointed. Not a fan. Very no. disappointed. Bold tonight. He is bold. Uh, he's like a like a barbecue sauce of some sort. He's bold given, and, and tangy. I was given a mostly broken black and white TV. Um, right around. When do you get confirmation? Seventh grade? Uh, twelve, right? Yeah. Isn't Julia, isn't Julia coming up on that? Thirteen. Is it thirteen? Yeah. Okay. Eighth, that's eighth grade. That's, that's a perfect time for you to for you to take on all the guilt. That's the best time for it. Because you're, you're so really was, ready I, then. You've probably sinned a little bit. You're in good shape I, then. I was allowed to stay up and watch the honeymooners, which were on at eleven on eleven. Oh, yes, 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 yes. In, yep, Channel 11 and 11. Yep. So then my parents would go to bed and assume, of course, that I turned off the TV, but I wouldn't. And that's, that's when I started late night viewing. Honeymooners hmm. into The Tonight Show, into Letterman, into, you know, why are you always so tired in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> and I had no explanation. Right. Well, you had an explanation. You just didn't use it. I would not let that one out. No. no. You were you were you were up doing your homework. You were up doing all sorts of uh, homework and studying and cramming mm. for the SATs and uh, also listening to speed metal. And uh, oh wait, that last one is true. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Inevitably, <laughs> if I if I was up doing something, uh, it was usually around the stereo, making mixtapes. You know, yes. quietly oh, mixed, through headphones, Oh, mixtapes. Oh, mixtapes. Making some mixtapes for people while the honeymoon is need, on. And stuff. We need an entire podcast on mixtapes. Yeah. I believe there's a movie. It's called... <laughs> mixtape? No. <laughs> no. 
No, I was actually going to say, uh, what's the uh, Cusack movie there? The uh, Fidelity. Thank, thank you. High Fidelity? Is that the, the, the French? Yes. <laughs> or, uh, or that's the Cajun uh, yes. version of that movie. Yes. High Fidelity? Mm-hmm. Remember that guy? The Cajun, Which one? The Cajun cook. The ra- yeah, well, he wasn't the raging Cajun, was he? No. I just assume every I just assume every Cajun is the raging Cajun, <laughs> just like I assume Arrow everybody G. named Jake is Jake the Snake. That's, that's well, they immediately become Jake the Snake, especially if they're in sports. I mean, if they're in sports, right? That, that's it. You have no you have no choice in that nickname, right? If your name is Jake, there, you're immediately Jake the Snake. Sorry. There was a there was an article that just came out. Uh, I think it was through the Huffington Post. Um, where they referenced him, the, the Cajun cook, uh, mm-hmm. and said that he was a former stand-up comic. But I didn't know that. He, he was hilarious. The, the Raging Cajun <laughs> show was a second life. Oh, I think Pete's back, if you want to pick that up and try it. He had a... Uh, I'm not sure if we're ready for Pete. Um, he had a, uh, a very tight seven minutes, I'm sure. Mostly probably about being Cajun. If I had to guess. Food. What his material was on. Right. The body. Cooking with a paddle. Do you remember he used to cook with a paddle? Yeah, of course. Mmm, onion, garlic, paprika. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring that guy. That guy was the grandfather of the Food Network food celebrity. They should all be sure. paying that. They should be paying that guy. Sure. And the frugal gourmet. Remember him? Yes, of course. I being fr- being frugal myself, of course. And the gourmet, really. And not for frugality advice. Was that why you had him on? That's correct. At age seven, I was pinching the penny, my friend. His uh, his I'm stuff not, is I'm on Hulu. By the way, I'm not even remotely frugal. Like, what's the opposite of frugal? Frivolous. Spendthrift. Wait, but spendthrift? I don't think it's spendthrift. I think it's frivolous. I think Cal nailed it. Oh, frivolous. I spend frivolously. And I I don't have it. No. That's the best way to do it. It's the way to be. You're in debt. Correct. And always... I got it all all in Bitcoin. (laughs) Smart move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it all comes out as cash on the other side. It will. Oh, it will. You know what that sound means? A, you're about to shoot the scene. And B, it's time for the Big Unload. Welcome to Ready to Unload Big Unload. We, we brought to you by a, a new sponsor tonight. We have a new sponsor. The sponsor of the Big Unload tonight is... Cal, are you ready? Drum roll. Worst drum roll ever. I don't think we have one of those. We don't have a drum roll sound. Where we two spend thrift to get a drum roll. That was magnificent. I I have no musical ability. You have no musicians either. I have no musicians here to help me with my musical ability. Nope. Nobody on staff. Nope. Not looking at two of them. Well, they took one look at your dress down rules. (laughs) No chance I'm working for this guy. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. If I'm a, a spendthrift, also called a profligate, is someone who spends money prodigiously and who is extravagant and recklessly wasteful. 
Bingo, bango. Spendthrift, profligate. I think, uh, first of all, yeah, you can't give a definition with another word we don't know. Oh, stop. Now we've got to go look that up. And by the way, I think Sam Pete is out. I think Spendthrift is in. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Spendthrift. I think that's my new nickname. Sam Spendthrift. Okay, we have a new sponsor for the Big Unload. Can I do this? Nobody's stopping you. This is real, people. All right? This is real. Who is it? It is the wind-up shop with our old friend Jay Mafale. Mafale. Yes. Our old friend Jay Mafale, who has done the sound for our live remotes from Blue Haven. Blue Haven, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups, by the way. Just FYI. Still Uh, is. Yes. Jay uh, has a a small studio up there in uh, the confines of of upstate New York, very reachable on the Metro North. It's called The Wind-Up Shop. It is audio recording, mixing, and mastering. Go to thewindupshop.com backslash thewindupshop. He's working on a new website, Cal. It's almost done. Um, Great stuff. He's mixed albums up there. If you need to do a voiceover, if you need to do anything in a clean, cool, smoke-free, very nice environment. Uh, Jay is magnificent to work with. He has all the tools. He has all the toys. He knows exactly what he's doing with, with audio. It got filthy. <laughs> he has all, the, he has all uh, the tools and toys. He knows what he's doing. He's a magnificent. We told the great story, the best story we told about, I told you the story about him saving the audio from an audio book of Twas the Night Before Christmas for a friend of ours whose father had read the Twas the Night Before Christmas uh, on one of those little, you know, books, you know, the the little uh, holiday books where you can do the voiceover. Yeah. Right. Recordable books. That's what I'm looking for. Recordable book. Um, and our friend's father had done this, and then he passed away, and there was another grandchild. So Jay took the audio off of that of the recordable book and put it on another one for this child. I mean, it was just a magnificent job he did at the wind-up shop. He did all of this. That's the kind of specialized attention. If you're in the New York City area, in the tri-state area, and you want to record anything, you want to record a demo reel for your commercial you know, commercial reel. I know some people that listen to us are actors, Cal. I've heard. Again, the wind-up shop is Jay's little place. And it's uh, go to uh, www.facebook.com backslash the wind up shop and uh, see what Jay Mafali has been up to. So thanks to Jay. He's going to be our new sponsor for stuff. We love him. And he's a great guy. He is. He's a fantastic guy. He was an on top on top of everything. On top of everything. He's a sweetheart. That wasn't enough. If his talent wasn't enough. As if his talent wasn't enough, Brian. The best. He is. Do you now? So we're on to the big unload, which could be a huge unload when you hear who the caller was. Take a guess who this caller is. It's not uh, the guy from last week. Who are the Knicks playing tonight? The Knicks are playing the Pacers of Indiana. Who Indiana. would who would be calling us? Hmm. There's really only one person I know from Indiana. That's correct. Should we take it? Of course we should. Of course we should. We haven't talked to him in a long time. A long one, time. Two, one, two, three, 
All right, here he is, our buddy from Indiana, Elwood, is back. Elwood, how are you, buddy? Oh, just floated home from the most wonderful game. It was a thing <laughs> of beauty. Hey, hold on, I got to get my intro song going. Hold on. Oh, you got one. Oh boy. Okay, now we can talk. Wow. Guys. Awesome. Hey, Happy New Year, pal. Well, thank you. You too. You know, I mean, I left the Pacer game early because the Pacers were so far ahead that unless somebody named Andrew Luck was on the Knicks, they weren't winning. So, Uh-oh. yeah. Wow, way to, not way, to, happy. way to mix in, way to mix that one in. That was fantastic. So did oh, you, uh, did dude, you, I was at that game. The Colts were down by like umpteen million points, and I was like, "There's no way to win." And my friend said, "Sit down. See that down there? See the bearded one? That's Andrew Luck." And by golly, he did it. I was he like, really oh. did. And if he, if that game with the Pats had been in Indy instead of shady Boston, we'd have won it. But those refs were just making bad calls, bad calls. It was throwing the momentum. And, yeah, if it had been an Indy where the refs have vision and it's not so, and Luck doesn't get so intimidated, yeah, we'd have creamed them. And then we'd have had Peyton versus Luck, the ultimate matchup. But, oh, well. Hey, guys. Well, next, next year. Okay. Hey, you know what? Peyton ain't getting any younger, but Luck is. Yeah. Um, God, he is he's actually tonight. anti-aging? What? How is he? No, Man, but I, I he's met, like Benjamin I, Buttons. No, but I met. He's at the point now where actually no, Ainge is working I'll for him. Actually, yep, he's he's working for him because he hasn't hit his prime yet. He's going up the roller coaster. So of course he's aging, but it's good aging. Where Peyton has bad aging. You know, it's like wine. You know, wine is good aging. You know, grape juice that's bad aging. You know, so. <laughs> so, Elwood, yeah. how do you hey. feel about? How do you root for Peyton Manning this week or no? Well, I sure do. I uh, sure okay. do. I, I still love the guy, and I actually I wore my Peyton Manning Colts jersey to lunch today. So no, I'm going to root for him 110% for two reasons. I still love the guy, and I hate Tom Brady with a passion, and that's who he's playing. So it, I it's think, a, we, it's I think we can all agree on that one. Welcome aboard. Hey, you know yep. what? If it ain't going to be luck, let it be Brady. I said it. I mean, if it ain't going to be luck, let it be no. Peyton. I've said that all yeah, along. Yeah. Better. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm rooting for Peyton to go to the Super Bowl and win one. You know, and it wouldn't bother me at all as a Colts fan because we let him go. Because yeah, no, it'd be nice because, actually if, if Luck well, can't win it. Maybe scenario, Peyton guys, can. Let's say we got rid of Luck and we kept Peyton, and we paid him that ginormous sum of money. I guarantee you that'd probably be the Colts lined up to win the Super Bowl, and we probably win this Super Bowl this year, and we might win the Super Bowl next year. And we'd be the most amazing team you've ever seen. And then Peyton would tip his little hat and retire and go out on top. And Dallas Clark and Jeff Saturday and all of his boys would go with him, and we would have Jack Squat and nobody to draft. We'd yeah. be dead in the water. It would take a decade no. to rebuild. Now we've got Andrew Luck up and yeah. running. Yep, best thing that ever happened. You're, gonna have, you're, you're essentially, as an organization, going to have one year where you struggled because Peyton got hurt, and 11. then you're – yeah. And 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 about and about twenty years, twenty five years of fantastic quarterback play. So well, one I bad day, I'm totally happy years. with it. Because yeah. every day I see, thank Curtis Painter for sending us Andrew Luck. That's right. That's right. So listen. So listen. Here's what I want to do, Elwood. I want to get your take real quick on the. We have. I don't know if you've been listening to the program, uh, Elwood. I got on 
I got we've, all three. We've written off the Knicks a long time ago, so if the Pacers smoked them like Mozzarella tonight, oh, we're fine it was with that. Fun. Nice. Yeah. Now, actually, the first fifteen minutes, I was a little nervous. They were actually doing well. The Knicks. I mean, they, I was getting a little nervous. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be so embarrassed if we lose to this a New York team because almost yeah. all the New York teams are tanking this year. And I was like, yeah. oh no! But then they pulled it out, and then they just blew them out of the water, and it got to the right. point where not even Andrew Luck could have saved them. But uh, right. yeah. Good. Right. Oh, you know, you you're talking about you... the crazy Cajun? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to be so random, too. You know who I totally miss from that time period was the crazy nun who um, she had buck teeth and real thick glasses that reviewed art on public television. <laughs> yes. I so miss Sister Wendy. It was great. Because it was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, Sister, Sister Wendy, I think was her name, but she, it, it was a buck-toothed short nun with pop bottle glasses and she talked uh, to the list and yep. you're like oh my god but if you ever stop to listen wow. to her she had the most brilliant insight of art on oh, anyone geez. on planet earth well, you couldn't get past those teeth though no you i couldn't, couldn't either but when I, I just started watching her because of the novelty oh my god oh my god there's a buck tooth nun with uh with glasses talking about andy warhol and i was like you know she's making some very valid points i'm like wow i've just learned a few things that's you know, awesome I mean, but she I was totally, great. He was like the Cajun guy. He made cooking fun, and he told jokes, and you were just waiting yeah, for him to say, I guarantee. You know, it was like yeah. you would just, when you were a kid, you just watch different strokes waiting for him to say, what you talking about, Willis? You know, you uh-huh. would just sit there and wait for that. You know? Absolutely. But I, just, I had to throw in Sister Wendy since we're bringing up our Kate, people from the past who just totally got forgotten, even though they pioneered things. Yep, know? I love it. All right, so, so he so, pioneered the food show. Julia Childs was doing Food Network stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's she's the she's the granddaddy of them all when but it comes to the food. She cooked something ain't none of us ever going to make, and wouldn't even know where to buy the ingredients. And we still watched her. God bless yeah. her. And you, you still know, couldn't I wouldn't cook even it. know where to buy any of that, nor would I ever cook it, nor would I ever eat it. But people yeah. watched her. Yeah, you know. So you tell me about your pacers. Tell me, tell me about your pacers, Elwood, this year. Oh tell me yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. I went in there. And had a few beers, watched some Pacers, had a few beers, got a little nervous. Then they just walloped him. And, oh, my gosh, Roy Hibbard was amazing. He got that ball and did a dunk, and, and the Pacers were like, boosh. And all the Knicks people were, like, standing around like, what happened? What happened? You know, it was great. That's it, you just I mean, described the Knicks defense this year. Oh, that, it, oh and the Jets and the, and the Giants and the Rangers and, yeah, and the Mets and the Yankees and, yeah. But, um. Yeah, it yeah, was great. It hasn't time. worked out too well. It's uh, tough times here in New York. It uh, is tough times, and I'm not trying to be mean, you know. But I was like, no, wow, we're the first. We're the first to admit it. Taking the Mets to Queens, you know, making them the Queens Mets, and they're talking about on Twitter what people think about that. And I was like, well, let's just bring them to Indianapolis and call them that, and more. that didn't go over well. <laughs> yes, well, I I think the old Queens Mets thing is is a little silly, but I, I did hey, see it worked that out for the well. Nets. So well, you I saw that with today. Nets. I'm, Twitter too. Yeah, hey, you go nice to my dad and talk about the uh, Dodgers, and you better say Brooklyn Dodgers, even if you're talking about a game you saw yesterday, or he gets violent. So names mean a lot to people, you know. Oh, absolutely. So, my That's dad's got a Brooklyn Dodgers pennant, yellowed with age, falling off the wall, held up with more tape than uh, felt. But by God, he ain't changing it for no L.A. So no, who never should. I had Never I had relatives I had relatives Elwood that would still come and still come and watch Dodger games every time the Dodgers would come to Shea to play the Mets, 
and they would still go to those th- go go to those games just to boo the Dodgers for leaving Brooklyn. I, you know, when I tailgate at Colts stuff, there's a lot of people there from Baltimore who just stayed true to the Colts and don't anything to do with the Ravens, and they come to Colts oh, tailgates yeah. and oh, have no Maryland doubt. bumper stickers and Colts stuff. And I notice though they usually wear the throwback jerseys, the Unitas and stuff. I notice they're not huge to embrace it, but yeah, it, I could see it happening because you know I'll be talking to a Colts fan, they'll bring up Maryland. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, I mean, that, and that's that was a that was a religious team for them. I mean, that was huge. The Colts in 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 Baltimore. That was uh, that was awful when they left, and, no, and a lot wonderful. of I well, stood up on the, my desk you. in art class in junior high and screamed my head off and jumped, and it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah good I, for you. But you, for me, you, you we were imagine. in Mrs. Utterback's art class, and they came on the radio and they said, "It is official. It is official." The Colts have left Baltimore and are coming to Indianapolis. And the whole building went psychotic. It was great. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was glad to be alive at the time. You know, uh-huh. I was just a kid and stuff. But, oh, wow. So let me, get your, Edward, let me get your quick takes, and it's going to take us into um, talking about the, the, these championship games. Let me get your takes okay. on the games this weekend. How do you so you, the Patriots Colts game obviously you're Okay, you're, I'm hurt if you ask. It's going to be all Peyton, yeah. It's Peyton, 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 and then in the other game it's going to be Skittles because I don't think Cap is the real deal, and okay. uh, it's going to be Skittles versus Peyton in the Super Bowl. I like Seattle this year, and it's at home in Seattle, and I think Kaepernick is way too much media hype. You know, I'm I'm sorry, but having a lot of tattoos and wearing your hat backwards. You know, and seeming very urban does not make you a great quarterback. I don't care how good of a soundbite you give. And uh, I think Skittles is the real deal. He's got a good heart, and I think he's a good quarterback. I think he loves the game, and I think he's going to take Cap out. And I think that Peyton Manning knows that his days are numbered, and I think now that he don't have Jim Caldwell to mess him up all the time, I think he's going to just tear up the Patriots. Because this game is in Denver. This game is not in shady Boston with shady refs and shady fans and in a shady, shady town with shady food. Yeah, it's just, that's just a shady place. I just don't. I went to Boston, and, boy, they treat you like dirt if they think you're from Indiana. And I thought, well, eat your clam chowder and just enjoy your classiness there because you all sound like a little Milano. Yeah, they're, they're not big fans of ours either. So, so No, they don't like us. They just treat us like we're all a bunch of rue hayseeds and, they're like, how's you Zal's baseball team? And I'm like, it's about as well as your IndyCar race. You know, jeez, man. We use All right. <laughs> One last. That's awesome. One last question. When you get Planet Earth's largest single-day sporting event, come talk to me about not you having a baseball team. Come talk to us. You keep your Bill Belichick. Because one-third of Planet Earth watches the Indianapolis 500. One-third of this planet. Not even the Super Bowl has those numbers. Is that true? Yes. Is that, is that an actual you, fact? No. Wow. Yes. It's a, think about it, though. Do you think people in Italy and Japan care about the Super Bowl? No. Do they love IndyCar? They thrive on it. Think about all the places in the world where IndyCar is popular. You know, it's a built-in wow. market. It's the IndyCar race to end IndyCar races. Yeah, because a lot of people say, that's not. how can that be? And I'm like, do you think anyone in Italy would care about a Super Bowl? I don't even watch football, but man, they're into the IndyCar in France, you know. And there's drivers from all over the world in the 500, so that's a built-in fan base. Everyone from all over the world turns in to see how their guy's going to do. Yeah, right. I mean, no, it, no, it's a built-in. Yeah, having, it's a built having in gone to school, 
Having gone to school in the Midwest with lots of folks from Indianapolis and from that neck of the woods, uh, it's huge. It's 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 the biggest sporting event on the planet. I mean, oh, outside- I think while it's broadcasting on the radio there, I think it's like close to like I think that day they're the largest radio station in the world. It's scary how much of the world actually is getting that race on the radio. It's yeah. it's freaky. I think the only thing that's I think the only thing that's close, honestly, uh, when it comes to sporting events, is the World Cup. Is when the World Cup is is. Um, it's close, but it's not the Olympics. No. no, no, that's not no. a single day sporting event, anyways. Right. Oh, right. Ratings. It, it right. I think the, one. I think the, one event. I think the World Cup final um, comes comes pretty close. But uh, all right. So last last question for you, uh, Elwood, because we got to move on to. Uh, uh, the A-Rod stuff, because I have to get to it, because I have a lot to oh, get yeah, off my chest. Oh, yeah, I so love it. I'm loving the A-Rod stuff. This is but, great uh, fun. This is, this, is, this is, you can provide unique insight here, okay? Mm-hmm. If Peyton wins, wins this game and wins the Super Bowl, does he retire? I think he will, because I think he's more hurt than they're letting on. I think they're kind of patching him up and keeping him going. Remember the police car in Smokey and the Bandit? You know, how they just kept uh, that damn car going to the end of the movie somehow? And I think they're doing that with Peyton. And I think that he's going to go out on top because he doesn't have much more time left in him. I, I totally agree. Elwood, thanks so much for checking in. Will you check in next no, week? If, uh, if, if Peyton had, but yeah, well, I'm interested to hear your take on A-Rod because I'm so loving this because we all knew they were juicing in the 90s and zeros, and we didn't care because it was making the game great, but then when they got caught, we all turned on them. You know, I'm so well, loving and, this. I have a, a I have, point. And I have a really... Oh, dude, if you, dude, if you didn't think that skinny little Brady Anderson, who couldn't hit nothing in one season, became a bulked-out monster who was knocking him out of the park, went and juicing, you're an idiot. Of course <laughs> he was juicing, and I didn't care because it was sweet. Mark McGuire is a butterball turkey, and he come this out looking like segment. Lou Ferrigno in a week. we got to okay. have a new segment called You're an Idiot with Elwood. You are an idiot. Mark McGuire, and then as soon as Mark McGuire quit juicing, he turned into Don Dewey's. You know. <laughs> but they were all juicing, and we knew they were juicing. But and we didn't care because it made the game great. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire saved baseball from almost slipping into oblivion. You know? That's just, and it's uh, like, that's now that they got the caught, we're mad at them. Four minutes. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Yep. Use it up, people, if it makes the game good, but don't get caught. I mean, that's the rule of the game, you know? It, that's it, why it, they're it, going after A-Rod. We want, it to, we want an elephant in the room when it comes to steroids. You know, we, we all want to know it's there, but we don't want to know it's there. And if you make it too obvious that we have to point it out, well, then right. we got a problem. Yep. You know, 40-year-old A-Rod still playing like he's 22. Well, he can't be taking anything illegal. <laughs> you know, give me a break. You must be stupid. You must be stupid if you think A-Rod's not taking nothing in his 40s and playing amazing. Sorry. It's good good genetics and exercise. Bull crap. It's like one of those commercials, if you drink this shake, you'll lose 20 pounds in a week. You know, even if that was possible, that would, like, destroy your body. Since you had some sort of shock or coma. You know, so... Well, well. Hey, guys, I'll hang up, let you get out of here, because my pacer bears are starting to kick in here, but I'm rambling. But <laughs> good, good talking to you, good talking to you. 
Well, we'll and let's we'll talk, talk about win tonight, Elwood. We'll talk to you soon. Good, good win tonight, Elwood, and thanks for checking oh, in, brother. Oh, yeah, Pacers are on it, man. It's, it, they might as well just throw out all the other teams and have the Pacers play Miami now. They might do that. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I'll talk to you, pal. Be good. One, oh boy. two, one, two, three, four. Elwood, 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 Elwood. You gotta be an idiot. Elwood. Wow. That was nice, Elwood. We gotta get him to call, though, after the Pacers win. I don't know how he'd be after a Pacers loss. So you're saying we, we need to get him to call after a loss? I don't know how. You, I don't know if I would want to hear from him after a I loss. Which I see what you did there. He was great after a win. Right. <laughs> after a loss, not so much. Yeah. I think you uh, hear a lot about the officiating after after a loss. I think you're right. <laughs> I have a crooked seen. town with crooked <laughs> cops and crooked officials and bad parking. I have a sneaking suspicion. If it's a loss, it's a poorly officiated game. That's just. Me. <laughs> I'm sorry. He just killed me with you. Got to be an idiot. That was you. Got to be an idiot. Oh man, uh, Elwood. Thanks, buddy. Wow, boy, we hadn't heard from him in a while. We thought we ended on bad terms with him, and huh? and I'm I no. I was honestly, Brian, I was really glad to hear him back tonight and having a nice time, and that was a really good conversation. Good. I apologize. I thought to so. Him. <laughs> good. I did. No, I, I thought before so. I put him on the air, I apologize. And why you, did Elwood have a better microphone than, than either of you guys? He sounded I, great. I don't know. I don't know what he's What's on. What's he doing out there? The phone calls always sound better than the Skype call. They have great bandwidth over there. That's it's bu- a good thing we got these new mics, then. It's bu- <laughs> that really worked out well. That's our, are that's you, our, are you sure our, they're mics? Talk radio. Are you sure you weren't sold a miniature hair dryer from a, <laughs> from a 1950s hair salon? Why and you're you just talking into it. Why did you got to make fun? I think this thing came from Spencer Gifts. I have fun. <laughs> did, you, did you go to Spencer Gifts right after you went to Time Out to play some, uh, play some video games? Okay. Um, that's a Long Island joke. All right. So uh, I do want to talk about the A-Rod thing first that was going to be the big unload for one simple reason. But it still can be. Well, it's going to have to be. Why wouldn't it? Well, it still will be. That's what the plan was, right? Let's stick with the plan. Let's stay with the plan. Absolutely. Let's not let's not be thrown off Elwood wise. Look, you stay gotta, the course. You got to be an idiot if you get thrown off there. You got to be. And and you, sir, are not an idiot. I want to hear what you have to say about Arod because you've got a lot to get off your chest. Well, I it's not a, it's not even a matter of a lot to get off my chest. I actually wrote it down because. Are you going to read a prepared um, statement? I'm going to read a prepared statement. It's time for an RTU minute. No. <laughs> I, I, I actually... I'm Steve Sampietro, ready to unload sports. Hey, A-Rod, we hear you. I don't know if it was talked about today. I didn't have a chance to listen to Sports Talk Radio today, so uh, here in New York. But here's, here's what I want to get your opinion on, Brian. We've sort of seen the A-Rod thing from all sorts of angles, and it's been very interesting here in New York that Mike Francesa, uh, the biggest you know, sports talk host here in New York, is, is really sort of on A-Rod's side and has turned this into a Bud Selig is trying to – they're trying to destroy A-Rod. It's a witch hunt. Um, it doesn't matter if he did steroids or not. Why didn't they go after these other players with the same 
uh, ferocity that they've gone after A-Rod. And it's Bud Selig's legacy. He's trying to go out because he's retiring next year with A-Rod's quote-unquote pelt on the wall. And that's a very interesting take for one reason. He sort of, in my opinion, again, this is just my take. I hate using the word take. This is just my opinion. He said several times that A-Rod got the two biggest contracts in the history of the sport, right? Up until, I think, no, Clayton Kershaw's doesn't even top top his. And they're trying to make an example out of A-Rod to prove that you can't use performance-enhancing drugs to get a big contract. Because if you look at those guys in the, uh, the early 90s when the proliferation of steroids and PEDs really came to the forefront in baseball, Cal, like, to me, Jason Giambi is always the perfect example. Jason Giambi is a good baseball player. Okay? He's a good to very good baseball player. Jason Giambi starts using performance-enhancing drugs and becomes a great baseball player and gets a seven-year, $123 million contract. He never would have gotten that contract. Well, I shouldn't say never. He might not have gotten that contract without the aid of performance-enhancing drugs. They made a very good ball player a great ball player, whether it was by improving his hand-eye coordination with the use of steroids or using some sort of human growth hormone or some sort of healing device to keep him on the field and playing 160 games a year, a la Andy Pettit. They're using the PEDs to get big contracts, whether it's the marginal player who uses a PED to stay in the league and get a contract, or the good player that goes to great, etc., etc. So A-Rod gets, and stop me at any point if you... Agree, disagree, or, heard this before? or you want to punch me in the face. Um, no, it just... Uh, please chime in at any point. I'm just saying... I'm Fran- li- no, please, go with this. Francesa made that point. And to me, that was his most salient point. That the Major League Baseball wants to show you can't... You're not going to get the big contract using performance-enhancing drugs. It, it, it's not... That's not what it's about, right? So that's that's. I think he's right there. I think Major League Baseball wants to make an example out of Alex Rodriguez because of the contracts he got while using performance-enhancing drugs. Okay. Here's where he misses, to me, he misses, and a lot of people are missing the boat. Missing the boat's not right. <laughs> not reading the subtext. You know, what, you know what I heard in a meeting the other day? That's just that's just the icing on the Sunday. <laughs> Were you with foreigners? No, no. It was it was you know a reasonably intelligent man who just decided to jazz it up. He put with a little spin on it. That's just the icing on the Sunday. You can't do that. No, it's not. It's, you, you can't. You can't just take. You can't just take a cliche like that and just make it your own. What do you? What is he branding? I don't know if he was trying to make it his own or if he just he he didn't he he didn't get it right or if he really believes that that's what the what the cliche is. That's you can't do that. That's like giving yourself your own nickname. It's physically impossible. 
You can't. You can't do it. We'll talk from, from we'll now talk to, from now on. Call call me Soda Pop. We'll you talk to Bishop later because I want to get his take on whether you can put icing on a Sunday. Of course, I don't, I don't think yeah, you can. I don't think you can. Well, look, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's it. But you can't suddenly midstream decide to change that to suit your own. It's like throwing the baby out with the... Uh, it's like shooting the baby with two stones <laughs> in the basket. That's, no, that's just mixing. Oh, <laughs> what, what, he, what he did there is he... Th- those are things that could be related. He took cliches and he combined them. The icing on the cake. And the cherry on the sundae. And the cherry on the sundae. And he went icing on the sundae. So you're right. It is like, <laughs> it's like killing two stones with a bathwater. In, in the basket. Killing, killing two birds with one bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off topic, but... I, you didn't. What were we talking about? Uh, A-Rod. I, you said something about icing? I'm hungry. <laughs> can, I, can I just... I want to... Before you go on, I want to well, no, address... I, okay. All right. I want to get to the other part that I no, feel like... No, please. Here's the icing no. on the Sunday. No, please. I, you haven't talked enough. Go on. <laughs> I do not care for that. <laughs> no, please, go on. I'll remember what I have to say. Go on. It's simply this. My answer is this. <laughs> Nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate if you put up yourself. <laughs> No one is no one is really harping on the fact that Major League Baseball is going after A-Rod this hard because he has tried to circumvent the system and the drug testing this entire time. It's not that he just it's not just that he took steroids. It's that he has been seeking out new and inventive ways to take steroids and PEDs while circumventing the drug testing for the last two and a half years. That's why they're making an example of him. That's why he's the worst offender here, because he sought out Galea, he sought out Biogenesis, he sought out every, not just, he doesn't want to just do PEDs, he wants to beat the system. Right. And he's showing other players how to beat the system. So Well, is he... Yes. How many how many players did he turn on to biogenesis? I mean, that's part that's part of what was in the arbitration was the idea that he's turning players on to Bosch and his drug regimen. Did you see the quote today, Cal, from um, the IOC drug specialist? Or I don't know what I don't know what you you call this person, but it's from the you know the International Olympic Czar. The Czar, yeah, like the drug czar. Drug czar said. This is the 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 regimen that Bosch had Arod on was the most complex PED regimen in the history of sports. It's like it blew Lance Armstrong's out of the water. Like this was the most complex and I'm paraphrasing, but elaborately designed pass and beat the tests right. that had ever been designed. This is why they're going so hard after A-Rod, because they're showing him you can't keep trying to beat the test. 
Well, did you did you see any of the sixty minutes interview with Bosch? Yeah, I did. Okay. It, even before this quote came out today, just when you heard the detailed regimen that he put together for him, and you know, my my favorite story of that entire interview was him drawing blood in a men's room at a Miami club. Right. Because he had to he had to draw blood at eight o'clock that night. Yeah. Now, why? Why, why was it so reg- It was so regimented not to maximize his performance. Oh, exactly. It was to, it was to beat the system. Exactly. So, you know, that, that was the point. Exactly. That's You're right. Exactly. I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people miss that. It's, 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 I, I don't know even know if it's missed or it's just not talked about enough. Like, that's the point. The point is not only the contract thing, which I think is very big, and I think there's elements to Selig trying to I mean, not have a pelt on his wall, Bri, but can't you see that there's elements of Selig trying to look how tough we are, look how tough we've become on steroids. Yes, I know we dropped the ball for the first 10 years. The last you know, eight years, you know, eight to 10 years of my tenure were really trying to clean the game up. I mean, there's, there's elements. I, look, no, I, I think you know how I, I feel about Bud Selig. We, we both, I think, feel the same way about Bud Selig. Okay. I will not be sorry to see him go, by any means. If there was a different commissioner there, those two clowns over in Queens wouldn't still own my team. But when it comes to this, his, his, only, motiva- right? his only motivation can't be just to look good on the way out. I think that's the driving motivation behind this. I think... So you agree with Francesa? I agree that this is... There's a lot of self-interest in this. Legacy-wise. Yeah. I think that he does want to clean up the game. And he wants his legacy to be that he cleaned up the game... And he cleaned up the game by pelting a rod to the wall. But the, okay, I, I I don't I don't I don't think this is a magnanimous effort on his part. Totally agree. Whatsoever. It's not. It's not. I don't think Whatsoever. it's altruism or something like that. Not I, at all. I totally agree with that. What I am saying though is, so I think we're both sort of agreeing. Yeah, I think, and I think I, what's I, being I think, lost is the reason they're going off after A-Rod the hardest. That's the question that Francesa keeps asking this week. Well, why A-Rod? Why A-Rod? Why him? Why him? Why him? There's all a million guys using PEDs. Why him? Why him? Because, Mike, because everybody else who's saying why A-Rod and he's being scapegoated, because he's been trying to see, because of the lengths he went to to try to circumvent the testing. He's trying to find new ways. That's why. That's why you go after him the hardest and make an example of him. Why, well, why him? To make an example of him. For those reasons. I, I, I agree. Magnanimous is a great word, Brian. It is a great word. I totally agree with you. I don't think Bud Selig somehow found religion and is, you know, trying to purify the game. And all of a sudden he's, you know, Bowie Kuhn, you know, trying to, you know, be uh, the purest or Bartlett Giamatti, 
April Ojiamaya trying to give the purest version of baseball at all. I no, think his, this is a do-over. Exactly. I think his legacy is he effed, is. Yeah, he effed up for the first you know, 10 years of his tenure because he took over in 91. In the first 10 years of his t- tenure, everybody, Francesa included, by the way, I love how he has basically said that everybody turned a blind eye to steroids except him. So did you, Mike. You have eight steroid users on your on your World Series teams. Eight. Principal players. Steroid users. You don't win a World Series without Roger Clemens. You don't win a World Series without any... Eight guys. Eight guys. So, you know, please. You, you seem to turn a blind eye, too. Anyway... Uh, I think it's a combination of those things. I just haven't heard anybody talk about that idea of he's trying to beat the system. That's why they're coming down so hard on him. That's why his punishment is so great. Well, and also because if you are a player that's considering using PEDs, what's going to deter you more when you see a guy like a Jordani Valdespin get suspended for 162 games or a guy like Alex Rodriguez gets suspended for 162 games? I I agree with that to a point, but I don't think that that's what makes A-Rod special here. No, well, I think so. Because they could have done it to Braun, who's a younger guy and has more of a career level. No, they couldn't have done it to Braun because he accepted the punishment. Exactly. And also, Braun was not seeking out and going to the ends of the earth to try to beat drug tests. See, A-Rod's whole thing is to beat the system. That's not true, what you just said. That's not true. Maybe he didn't go to the ends of the earth, but he failed a drug test last year, and he got off on a technicality. He lawyered up, and he got off on a technicality. That's different. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm saying that's different, Brian. He already did the PED. A-Rod, so his goal was taking PEDs to improve his performance. He's not seeking out doctors that are going to help him beat tests. That we know of. Then he got, well, he went to biogenesis. so. So he did. He absolutely did. But A-Rod sought this guy out three years ago. A-Rod sought out Galea. A-Rod went to Europe to get his blood replaced or whatever he did. Like, A-Rod is consistently trying to beat the PED system. All Braun did, the sort of, you know, pardon my French, but scumbag that he is, all he did was get caught and lawyer up and get off on a technicality and ruin a guy's life. So don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not painting Braun as some sort of angel. I'm saying they they had a, they had the MVP. They had the reigning MVP. If they want to make an example of somebody somebody in 2012, who's a bigger player, Ryan Braun, Ryan Braun or A Rod? What's the example you would have liked to have seen them make out of Ryan Braun? If Ryan Braun was doing the things that A Rod has done, right? They, then they would go after him. They would have gone after him this hard. Right. But that's he's all, not. But that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So everybody's asking the question: Why a Rod? Why a Rod? It seems like a witch hunt. Why a Rod? I, in my opinion, it's because it's not just because he did the PEDs. It's because he tried to figure out how to beat the system to do the PEDs. And there it is. And put them all in the Hall of Fame, Bri. I don't care anymore. I love. What, I did love what he said today, though. He's like, you know, you know what? I could use a break. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this could be great. I'm going to come back. Maybe they did me a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did, A-Rod. 
Well, that's enough about him. I just wanted to get that out. Do you have anything else that nope. you? Yeah, you see what I'm saying, though, right? Like it, it just got to the point for me where that was asked over and over. Again. And like the Daily News is spun the completely other way. It's wild. You don't often see such disparate sort of opinions. Like the Daily News is all over a rod. And, and like in a bad way, and then you listen to Francesa, and you think A Rod like uh, you know took a couple of uppers. Mm-hmm. Like that's all he did. So um, I want to get your. Uh, we had something else very exciting happen here in the New York sports world. Can I say it like that? Sports world. Mm-hmm. You just did. Yep. Uh, Rex Ryan signed an extension. A Rex extension. A Rex extension. Uh, I, no, I just uh, your opinion. What do you think? Um, I, it's, I think it's fair. You know, they didn't sign him to a five-year contract. They didn't. They didn't provide him with this cushion of job security that everybody thinks two extra years seems to provide him with. Um, they didn't remove any accountability from him. You know, I, I think what it does is, and and I've seen this a lot today, is it 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 paints a picture of stability. And you need that with an organization, you know? And, and quite frankly, he took a team that wasn't supposed to win more than four games this year, and he doubled it. He won eight games, regardless of what we think of him as a coach. And I've gone back and forth on him for, for the last five years on whether I, whether I think he is a good head coach or he will be or if, if he's developed or grown in the position, regardless of that fact. He took a bad team this year, and he got them to butts off for him the last two games of the season, and that says a lot. So I think to give him another two years on top of the one that he gets is perfectly fine. You know, it removes the distraction. Everybody can get, get their comments out of the way now, whether they agree with it or not. You know, let, let them get all the nonsense out of the way here in January rather than go into training camp in July and he's a lame duck coach, and then they'll have a field day with it all year. Now, now that's it. That's off the table. You can't. You're, you want that narrative? You got to throw in the garbage. Go recycle another one. All right, because <laughs> this one, this one's done. He's the coach for at least next year. And you know what? If they come out next year and they get him a team with players and draft picks, and they load him up, and he goes out and finishes five and eleven, they're going to fire him. Regardless of the, of the other two years, they're going to fire him. So I have no problem with it whatsoever, and that's it. I think they also, too, the early speculation is that they sort of protected themselves in the contract. It sounded like a great compromise where everybody sort of wins in that it's incentive-based. So I don't think his third year, I don't think that 15, 16-year vests, unless he like makes the playoffs or something, or basically it... It's the Jets getting security financial, from a financial standpoint if they want to fire him after the 2014-15 season um, where they don't have to pay him the full amount of the contract. It's not guaranteed those last two years. And Rex gets to do what Rex loves to do, which is bet on himself. Right. I'm betting on myself to be successful. Now, the, the, the key, yeah. No, I just, another, I just want to say another thing before, before you move on. The, the Jets- say it. The Jets get criticized constantly for being a circus. Yep. Right? Yep. For not knowing what they're doing. Nope. For making dumb decisions. Yep. 
constantly. Go on. Right? What they've done now is they've extended a coach now for his sixth, seventh, and eighth year, which is stability. Yep. Right? You can't have it both ways. They're either a circus or they're not. I think they're... I think the Jets as an organization clearly are not remotely a circus anymore. Remotely. And everybody, and everybody says that they need to emulate the Giants and be more like their, you know, their, their, their co-tenants and try to you know, have stability in a classy organization. And I think everything they have done this offseason has been done. I, I've loved every part of it. Loved every part of it. They've been quiet. They've been humble. I, you know, they didn't celebrate an eight and eight season. That's a ridiculous notion. That's a narrative, right? But but it's it's false, and it's being proved patently false. And I think on a day, and you know what I love today, Cal, who had the breaking? Oh, was it Schefter, right? Of course, wasn't a jet beat guy. No, because I tell you what, that faucet done been done been shut off. They're not going. Oh, the Cajun Cajun. They're not gonna get us. They're not gonna get any more scoops. Nope. You know, it's shot out. Like you said, the leaks have been plugged. The rats have left the ship. Yep. It's over. Yeah, and and do your jobs now. Now you got now you got to work. That's guys. just a magnificent example of how much Itzik has really buttoned up the uh, the organization. He really has. And, and I thought their press conference was fantastic. I think they're, them giving Rex an extension now is great, um, as you said, for the reasons you said. And, and I'm okay with it because you're not married to him for the next five years. You gave him a little bit of job security, but you said prove it. Right. Now you know what the key is, Cal. Brings me to my next point. The key is Itzik. The key is John Itzik building you know, a team around the young quarterback. If they've decided that he is the young quarterback to build around. Which brings me to the NFL draft. Which moved to May 8th. Always the third. It was the third Thursday in April. The NFL draft is on Thursday, May 8th. Did you know, did you know this? No, not until you mentioned it. That's right. They moved it. May 8th. Thursday night, May 8th, is round one. Rounds two and three are Friday. May 9th. Correct. And rounds four through seven are that Saturday, the 10th. It's, it's hot action. I don't know if I like that. Do you like that? I do. Uh, I'm greedy. In that, I hate that it's later, because <laughs> I can't... But this is how I discovered this. Every year, Brian, it never ceases to surprise me how much I love the NFL draft. Like, every year, after it's over, and after football season's over, and the Jets are usually not in the playoffs. Although, you know, seven out of the last 14 years is not bad. And I usually am like... Oh, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm this is. I'm only going to be into the draft like this much. Like next year, I can't be into it this much. I can't be. I can't. And then January, they're out of the playoffs, and January one hits, and I'm like, I cannot wait for the draft. I'm already looking at video and looking at mock drafts. I can't wait. I'm taken aback once again about how much I love the NFL draft.
Oh, did did I lose Brian? Oh no. No? Did you mute no. yourself? You muted yeah. yourself. I muted myself. Wow, you are censoring yourself? Did you say something filthy? I did. About the NFL draft. You'll have to tune in after dark to hear what I said. <laughs> You'd have but, to be an idiot to mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elwood. Um I love the NFL draft, and that's how I found out it was on May eighth. Did you did you get a card in the mail that says no. we've moved? No, but this, but I was looking for a JPEG for the episode page for the NFL draft, and I found a save the date. Oh, on the uh, look on the episode page, which you never do. I do all the time. Never. I've got it bookmarked. Yeah. You got, you got a fancy bookmark over there? Is that what you're doing? You sound like my mother now. I looked at your page. I booked, On the internet? I looked. I bookmarked it. Mom, you don't know how. You couldn't bookmark. You couldn't. You don't know from bookmarking. What do you know? Well. Anyway, that's, so maybe, how, I, that's how I found out. Let me, let me ask you this. All right. About. Sure, Jay Leno. Moving. I can't do a Jay Leno. You just did. Not not intentionally. <laughs> right? The unintentional Jay Leno. What? What are the ramifications of that? Sounded like the, the Brothers McMullen. Did someone put the Brothers McMullen on? <laughs> when I did I heard Edward Burns? Edward Burns. <laughs> I thought you said you loved me. <laughs> Such a weird voice, Ed Burns. Really weird. Now you, you hear him doing cars. School of high-pitched acting. Yeah, you hear what him doing. Do? And why would I put it there? And this, wait, what's the crystal? There's a great crystal high, high talking. Maybe it's in when Harry met Sally. Oh, any 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 time he needs to get serious, he raises the register of his voice. But you didn't. Me nuts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you Jerry, have Jerry. you slept with anyone since you left, Joe? Right. Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not driving him to the airport. Well, that's. I mean that's brilliant acting. That is, yeah. Did you did you catch uh, did you guys catch coffee in cars or driving in cars and coffee with comedians? <laughs> what is Maybe it? in the car with the coffee, <laughs> out with the bathwater. Comedians in cars getting coffee. Putting icing on the coffee with the cars and a comedians and stand up. Ice Which on one? Friday. Louis C.K. Yeah, the new one, the uh, first the one of the new the season. Throwing <laughs> up the bongos with the bath baby. Um, yeah. yeah, with the Louis C.K. Fantastic, right? Great. Oh, the whole—I mean, the whole concept of it is, is brilliant. Yes, and I love that he makes him espresso on his boat. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> hey, PJ, are you there? Hi. Can you put icing on a Sunday? I'll try. You want me to go do a run through? I'll let you know what I do. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> You happen to have icing and a sundae right there at the at, ready? I, at all times. I can whip something up. I'll, let me see what I can do. <laughs> all right. You don't know what goes on in that house. There is icing at the ready at all times and a sundae. I'm one of those guys where if you call me and say, hey, can I stop over to borrow the whatever, I'll go and I'll make a quick cinnamon crunch cake by the time you get here. <laughs> Just in case you want to stop for coffee. What if I called up? Cake. What if I called up to ask for a cinnamon crunch cake? Then he'll make you coffee. I would not do it. 
Hey, hey, do you have any cinnamon crunch cake? I, I would say no, but come over, and then I would make you lemon poppy seed. I'd never give you what you asked for. <laughs> I feel like you'd make a loaf at that point of something. Yeah, be ready. Yeah. And then, of course, the, I, I, would, I would get there and I'd say, you know what? I really wanted lemon poppy seed. <laughs> and then he'd whip up a cinnamon crunch one. I don't, know what, I don't know what I was thinking with the cinnamon crunch. On the spot. I don't even know what a cinnamon crunch cake is. Nor do I. He's, I making, a, he's want, making a Sunday right one? now, isn't he? He's making me. a Sunday, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to fake one for you? I'll send it over. He's... <laughs> Please go make a Sunday, ice it, and get back to us. All right. I will report back. <laughs> um, yeah, the draft is made. I love it so much. Oh, so, oh no. Can I ask? Can, my Jay, Jay Leno wants to ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> yes, Ed Burns. He wants to know uh, what the ramifications are for teams and or players now that the draft is two weeks later. I don't know. How does that affect things? Because the, the, the rookie camps are usually like, what, the end of May or the beginning of June or whatever? I, I don't know how it – I think it gives you two more weeks of free agency, right? Because free agency starts like March 1. Yeah, but, but football free agency is like – it starts March 1 and it's done March 2. <laughs> right, because by March 3, every guy is signed. It, yeah, it's, you, you, the dregs are left at that point, so I don't think it really affects that. Yeah, I guess I, I don't think... I don't like it. I think, it's, you know, it's it's further into the NBA and NHL playoffs at that point. Sure. So now you run the risk of putting the draft up against a playoff game. Right. Are they rotating the draft? Are they taking it out of New York? It's, there has been talk of that. My save the date says it's at Radio City. Okay. Still. Well, I had I thought they had talked about maybe awarding it to different cities. This was completely news to me, though. Like, I was literally taken aback for, like, ten minutes. was not on the radar. No. Anywhere. Never heard anything about it. No buzz. No buzz. Zero buzz. Buzzless. No scuttlebutt. But butts were not scuttled. No chatter. No chatter. Nothing. <laughs> I couldn't do anything with that one. Chatter. Chatterless. Chatter. All right. Chatterless. It was chatterless, all right? You got chatter? Chowder. There you go. I was, I was waiting for the leap. Do you remember that, uh, was it, what was his name? Saturday Night Live sketch, where they're doing, um, <laughs> it's, what's his name from Northern Exposure? Oh, Rob Morrow. Rob Morrow. And he's, like, in a restaurant, and he just is, like, inappropriate. He's in a restaurant in Boston, and he's like, how about that clam? Chowder. And he's got a like a time machine, so he can go back and. Oh, it's really weird, like a ten to one sketch that I enjoyed. Right. Oh, I love those. Right, where he could go back in time. He was like socially inappropriate. Right. Or said a joke that didn't land, much like I'm doing now, and um, or told the story. And he could go back and fix it. And one of the ones was, "Hey, I mean, have you guys been to New England? How about we get some chowder?" <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, it's it's not great. It's not an all-star no. appearance. It's all right. It's okay. You see, it's a it's a filler. Let's close with this, and then we'll go to the uh, to the fun load. Um, well, PG is making a Sunday, so we have to correct. wait for him. Correct. The uh, championship games are this weekend. The football has been 
uh, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't caught much of it. The most I caught was of the San Diego, I mean, obviously I've seen all the highlights, I know all the game stories, etc., etc., but watching Soup to Nuts, <laughs> or <laughs> Soup to Bread Pudding, what we haven't done. <laughs> soup to Nuts, is that a Woody Allen movie? Soup to Nuts, correct. Soup to yes. Nuts? Yes. No, that's, that's a saying. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Soup to nuts. That's like from the beginning to the end. Right. From the antepast. Right. Soup to Look, I didn't get to watch it soup to wood nickels. Okay, but. Right. Um, <laughs> that that guy in your meeting. He's got a he's got a million of them. So, you all the time shooting fish in a barrel. He uses it wrong every single meeting. <laughs> you have to go out of your way to even use that in the first place. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one that he used. We're going to talk about the 80-pound gorilla in the room. No, come on. No. I swear to no. you. He knows he's doing it. No, I swear one. to you. So he doesn't go big pink elephant. He doesn't go 800-pound gorilla. What does no. he say? The 80-pound gorilla. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing unusual about that. This guy and I, we turn to each other. We're looking at each other like, that's, that's like a monkey. Not a gorilla. Not right. What makes it unusual and nobody's talking about is that it's the world's smallest gorilla. Right. That's what. That's what nobody saw. Look at that eighty-pound gorilla. Will you look at that eighty-pound gorilla? Don't look. Don't look. That's the skinniest gorilla I've ever seen in my life. And then today's analogy was: it's like putting a 2014 Panasonic air conditioner in a Model T. I, I, we have to get this guy on the show. I think he was trying to uh, <laughs> blow your mind. To, he was trying to illustrate that you wouldn't use new technology in an outdated system. So that was what he came up with. Perfect, now, perfect analogy. Do Panasonic make air conditioners in the year 2014? This guy, this guy is management material. No doubt. There, there goes the next mayor in New York. Uh, I mean, there there goes the next chief of police. He referred to the Japanese version of quality and then proceeded to rattle off all <laughs> kinds of numbers. This is all in one hour today. What does he do for the 6 o'clock show? I, <laughs> what, what, the Japanese version of quality. Yeah, I mean, pretty sure they have the same... Ver- defi- definition, Japanese definition of quality. That's what it was. And I'm pretty sure they have the same definition of quality that we here in the States do. <laughs> but he was re- 25% of this and 60% of that. And was, this guy was on fire today. It was rough. But we've, but that, we've taken to writing them down now. because Oh, you have to. Because sometimes it's... What, did he just say that? The 80-pound gorilla in the room. Look. That was a good one. Guys, it's clear. Let's address the eight-pound gorilla in the room, okay? <laughs> yes, let's. Let's address the world's smallest gorilla. That's a fourth grader in a, in a Halloween costume. <laughs> we're, on the set, we're on the set of Land of the Lost. <laughs> That's not a, this is Project X2. That's not an eight hundred. That's not an eighty-pound gorilla. Yes, let's let's address this. I it really is nothing to address. There he is. <laughs> there he is. He's minding his own business. Looks like, not causing any problems. He's not. He's very small. Looks like my nephew. 
<laughs> pretty much. Dressed as, dressed as Chewbacca. That's pretty much what it looks like. 80 pounds. I'm that's sorry. That's great. Oh, that's so great. I don't know how I got off onto that. I'm sorry. I'm glad you did. I meant to, I had meant to say something about it because today was just, it was on fire. Oh, yeah. He's just killing it. Um, I got to, I got to watch a little of the, uh, San, oh, the yeah, the San Diego Denver game. And, uh, my immediate head scratching moment was, in, especially in the first half, like, what are they doing? Like, what is this game plan? Like, you get, but it's been talked about to death. But I just didn't understand what Ken Wisenhunt and, and the San Diego Chargers were doing. Like, you have to attack. You're not going to be able to. I understand you want to play ball control, and that's how you won the week before. And but you have to attack that secondary because it's not very good. Um, and they did that in the second half, and they almost came back and won that game. I I think these are fantastic matchups. Like I'm I'm actually going to watch both games this weekend, and I'm you you can't get much better than Brady versus Manning. You really can't at this stage. You're not tired of it though. I'm not. Really? No. I mean, would I rather the Jets are there? Of course, but you that's know, not. That wasn't what I asked. Yeah, I just, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. tired of it. Okay, that's good. They're they're the two guys at the height of their powers. I mean, Manning's a little height of their high. powers. Yeah, like, <laughs> too much. Is that, is that an eighty pound gorilla? I feel like they're gonna do some sorcery. <laughs> right, it's alchemy. They they couldn't do it a couple of years ago, but right now, right now, they're at the height of their powers. No, they're they're just they're they're the two best quarterbacks in the game. They are. They're, the, they're the two best quarterbacks of this generation. They have a long storied history against each other. Right, the rivalry is, is there too. Right, yeah. and there's a ton at stake. More for Peyton though, right? I think so. I would think. But you know what? Uh, Tom Brady's got to win here. Two. Tom Brady's got to win. I've, I think I've seen a little... Too much of Tom Brady in big spots not winning games. And I know he didn't lose those Super Bowls to the Giants. I know the defense. They scored, they scored what, 17 points against the Giants in that Super Bowl? 17 points. And Tom was awfully rattled once Justin Tuck was in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Brady's got to win. I think he's got a lot on the line, Brian. I'm Belichick, too, maybe. Belichick. But, you see, you can't touch Belichick. But Why? Because this is the, this is the uh, I'm going to smack the microphone. That sounds great. <laughs> What's going on over there? Because this is this is the greatest coaching job he's ever done in his life, and this team isn't very good, and blah 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 blah. I don't agree with it. He's a magnificent coach, but he's still got Tom Brady. He's still got Tom Brady. Yeah, he's still got one of the top three quarterbacks in the game. Oh, what a what a job he's done. This isn't a very good... He's got Tom Brady. It is two good games. I will give you that. I just... It's, I, Belichick has a lot on the line, too. He does. Hasn't won anything since Spygate. I mean, as far as Super Bowls go, he's won a ton. And they've, they've been in the Final Four, like, every year. And, well, it's not a Final Four. It's not basketball. No, but the, fi- yeah, the final One four the, teams. Well, the final four teams. They've been in AFC. They've been in the AFC championship game like a million times. 
I think he's got a lot on the line too. And then the other game I love, except for the fact that, and they got to stop this. They got to stop with the talking after every play and the. <laughs> I mean, San Francisco. These are tough teams to watch. We're getting old, aren't we? No, we're not. No. You no. Know? No. Ask, I, ask, I, a, ask a twenty-five-year-old. I have seen me. that. I have seen that sentiment from all sorts, of, from all ages. Okay. Uh, Joe Cap. Joe Cap said it. He's tired of it. Yep. Okay. Does it bother him as much as it bothers us, though? Um, I, think I think we're clearly. I think we're clearly less tolerant of it. Yeah, maybe. It, makes me, it does make it does make me it makes me feel old because I don't I don't understand it. There's a little there's a little old manism there. There's a little grumpy old man there. Yeah, certainly. But it's bothering a lot of people because it's after every play, right? And it's it's enough. It's too much. Yeah, it's way too much. Okay, we're about to lose the live feed in 90 seconds. We just got a, a text from our buddy Craig. He's a uh, He's Chicago Craig. You know. Sure. Yes. He's a, he's a big-time listener, and he's getting all over me for breaking down the Chargers game. <laughs> I just I took a minute. <laughs> I, just took, I just took a minute. I just wanted to say I thought that was a dopey game plan. It's the only game I watched. Um, the <laughs> the uh, He also wants everybody to know that, much like Elwood, uh, he's a big Bears fan, and the uh, the Colts game was rigged. Their Super Bowl is uh, tainted. The officials took the game away from the Bears. Rex Grossman. <laughs> all right. So that's all he wants to say. So, Craig, I hear you, Chicago Craig. I love you, brother. Um, we'll be back next week with an all-new Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Um, thank you for joining us for the live show tonight. Please go to www.rtusports.com uh, to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Special thanks to... The wind-up shop, Jay Mafali. Go to uh, www.facebook.com. I don't need the www anymore, do I? Backslash, backslash wind-up shop. And also, of course, Blue Haven, New York City Sports Bar for grown-ups. Go to bluehavennyc.com for details there. We will see you next week on the live show. Cal, say goodbye to the live people. Goodbye wow, to the live people. That sounds threatening. <laughs> say, say so long, live people. Okay, and now we are in penalty time, overtime, penalty kicks, injury, injury time. Special. Which apparently is brought to you by my grandmother. I'd like everybody to uh, grab a <laughs> grab a knife. Grab a nice, uh, maybe an espresso, put a little anything in there, nice. Either that or you just stumbled in in your undone tuxedo with a <laughs> bottle of champagne. That's right. <laughs> the sun's coming up. With a martini glass. <laughs> there it is. With some night, I just... you believe it? What went on? I'll tell you what. I danced the night away with an 80-pound gorilla. <laughs> the summer wind came blowing in. I haven't had a night like that since the icing was on the Sunday. Why did I turn him into George Steinbrenner? <laughs> I do a much better Sinatra than that. That was Sinatra? I was trying. Let me, let me try again here, okay? Yeah. Let me try again. Try again. Was that Ed Burns again? 
Listen. <laughs> Listen. Why were you doing that like that? Why, why, why do you think that that impression was Sinatra? I just got back, baby. Listen to me. You got the bug. Back. We're going to talk sports. Not about all this Nancy crap. Right? Because, because the Super Bowl's okay. All right? Listen to me, my friend. You got the bug. There was an 80-pound gorilla in the room. You just combined Frank Sinatra, Joe Franklin, and Mike Francesa. Nice. All in one neat package. That was great. There you go. Oh, boy. Let's see Rich Little do that. Rich Little? <laughs> yes. Or some other relevant impressionist? <laughs> How do you do an impression of Rich Little? That's like painting yourself into a big corner. People's minds just blown. <laughs> who, does, who does an impression of Rich Little? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this show got A, 75 years old, and B, completely meta. Yeah, seriously. We are, we are 30 years. <laughs> what does an impression of Rich Little sound like? Ask Phyllis Diller. Uh, hold on, I gotta go put on a Bobby Darren record. Right. Coming up next on the Mike Douglas show <laughs> tonight on Dinah. Wow, the frugal gourmet. Oh, I to watch Dinah. That was good stuff. You did? What were you like five? We first we had the TV on all day. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I can see who raised you. It was, yeah, it was on all the time. Oh, I remember Merv Griffin was on all the time. Merv Griffin, I remember. Mike Douglas in the afternoon. Vaguely, vaguely. You can't have rich, full memories of this. You can't. Oh, I remember Merv Griffin. That is literally a kinder, gentler time. Those those talk shows. The cutting-edge guy was Cavett. Right, they were great. There were people hanging out, Cabot top. smoking cigarettes. Cabot Top? Is that one of your bosses? <laughs> right. Listen, all right, it's like combining Dick Cavett and Carrot Top, okay? You can't do it on a, on a sales meeting. Can't do it. In a variety show. Doesn't work. <laughs> you can't do a prop he, interview. He's a Dick Cavett's Carrot Top, that guy. What, are you, what is he talking about? You don't think Dick Cavett doing prop comedy would have been hysterical? Magnificent. It would, have been so good. <laughs> it would be very dry. Right? Very dry. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much anything. Pretty much anything Dick Cavett's doing can be described right. as very dry. He can be exactly. swimming, and it's very dry. <laughs> Dick Cavett prop comedy. What I have here is a martini glass. And that's what it is. 
<laughs> that's what it is. Dick, <laughs> Dick Cavett takes dry showers. Like the guy's, that guy is dry. Even his showers are without irony. Uh, How does he do it? He makes Bob Newhart look like he needs a towel. <laughs> All this because of the music I played. I like it. Ah, Bob Newhart. Aye. Aye. It was Letterman again. <laughs> I used to be able to do. I used to be able to do Bob Newhart. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like just from well, sure. Yeah. But yes, I could. Oh, that's a Bob Newhart. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The fumbling. The fumbling is good. My dad had um, Bob Newhart records, and of him doing the the phone bits, mm-hmm. and they it was hysterical. Really, really good. Really, really good. And uh, well, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's uh, yes, 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 yes. Why? Yes, yes. You know, we we've talked about. I um, watched that show. When Monty Python, uh, well, not when Monty Python, when Cleese and Palin came out on SNL, and no one understood the parrot sketch. Right, and they did the parrot sketch. Right. Did you Did you see? The train wreck when the, when Bob Newhart came out and he did a solo piece on the phone. Oh no! Oh God! And it, clearly the audience was just waiting for someone to walk in. Right. Because they, they're not they put, with a, they put him at a desk on the phone and there was a door on the set. And I'm telling you, people were waiting for some sort of guest star to walk on. What a shame! It was man. It, it from from the first line it went sh- it was just all the air was out of the room and went straight into the toilet. But he he stuck with it. He, he got stuck all the way through it. Right. He's a professional. And then no, the confused applause, like, did someone miss their cue? Why was he talking the whole time? When's Kesha uh, gonna be on? <laughs> <laughs> Who sounds like that? That's my wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Sorry. We Wait, for Kesha? She loves Kesha. Who? who? My, wife is, my wife is an unabashed fan of Kesha and does not hide it. And she, she just, she's out there with it? The t-shirt, the whole thing, like when well, Kesha's no. on? Or... No, I mean, she's, she's age appropriate. She's, you know, she's a 40-year-old woman. She's not going to be wearing <laughs> a Kesha t-shirt. Is she, like, into Kesha, be, like, self, like... Sort of aware or overly aware of like the joke because Kesha's like this brainiac woman who markets herself as human trash, or yeah, she, gets, she just really likes the song. Oh well, it's both. She gets she gets what Kesha is trying to do, and and says the songs are catchy as hell. Did she say it like that? She did. They're catchy as hell, yo. <laughs> I don't think she said yo. I don't think anybody said yo. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. That's my wife with the y'all. Um, did you have a fun load in mind? Because not, I want our annual talk the Oscar nominations without knowing anything about movies. Sounds like it doesn't matter. Um, load in mind. <laughs> that's right. I mean, clearly Steve is driving the bus tonight. <laughs> So I don't know why he prefaces everything with a question. 
I'm just going to hit the mute button on my microphone. Uh, are you making a mute point? I am going to do another combo impression momentarily. I was I was uh, just <laughs> going to ask you about um, if you guys knew what the Hall of Game is. No, you were talking about this today. What 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 it is? Hall of Game is actually uh, presented by the Cartoon Network. And it's this awards show, kind of like the Teen Choice Awards that Nickelodeon does, but it's around sports figures. And they fill this arena with kids and sports figures and their families, and it's a bunch of screaming people, and they give out these sort of people's choice type awards. But the categories are awesome. Like, um... Uh, uh, oh God, I lost. <laughs> like that dynamic duo. Those categories sound awesome. You go, you go to Cartoon Network and you click on Hall of Game and you can vote, vote for the dynamic duo. Peyton but Manning no, I... and his the first one is Peyton Manning and his wide receivers. That's what the that dynamic duo. Or but Tim wait. Duncan and Tony Parker. Why? It's a. Cr- it's a cr- Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the 80-pound gorilla in the room. All right. Why is this on Cartoon Network? Are they animated? I think, I think doing... Well, actually, there are a lot of cartoons are kind of cross-pollinating the, the show. This like, sounds like a bizarre like, mashup. It is. You can also vote for Best Boogie. I'm sorry, what now? Featuring the kid from Adventure Time. And the kid from Uncle Grandpa, and the kid from Teen Titans. Which cartoon character has the, be- has, has the best dance? Hold on. But then they go right Hold back on. to the sports. There's a category, Best Foes Forever. Who wants to know what language you just used? <laughs> I'm not familiar with any of that. <laughs> you don't watch anything any of those you just said. On Cartoon Network? Oh, those, are, those are shows. Yeah. I, I Uncle Grandpa? Was... You never watched <laughs> Uncle Grandpa? Oh, man. That show is fabulous. No, I haven't. I never heard of that. Oh. Stop making up shows, please. <laughs> i really not. Stop. Peach has a lot. Foes forever. You could vote for uh, Djokovic versus Nadal, or the Heat versus the Nets, or the 49ers versus the Seahawks. And then I guess Heat they'll give away the some Nets? sort of statue. Clearly run by the Cartoon Network. Heat versus Nets. Is it a live awards show at the end of this? Or t- it's, it's a three-hour event. And, and, it, and they, it, gets, it gets broadcast on the Cartoon Network. But like, like numerous go? times. Wow. Oh, there's thousands of people there. This is among, the most, in, in, among the most confusing four minutes that I've had in recent <laughs> memory. I guess if you just don't know anything that I'm talking about, it is confusing. But it's, it's, it's an award show, and a lot of people know about it, yet no one that I know knows about it. <laughs> and you know, you know a lot of people. And I know a lot of people. This sounds like the most bizarre game or uh, award show ever, and in, in that who at Cartoon Network is like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I got a great idea. 
Who likes sports? Anyone here? Right. Right. Okay. You, Uncle Grandpa, you, who likes sports? Put your hand down, Ben 10. <laughs> I don't know. Archer, put your hand down, Archer. They're giving out the I Got Swag Award. and the uh, Ben 10, is that not a thing? The nominees, Ben 10 is a great show. The nominees are Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick. Who's got more wow. swag? Well, Colin Kaepernick, obviously. Clearly. I don't know. That's racist. Or gnarliest, um, I don't know what swag is. <laughs> I don't know what gnarliest newcomer. Wait, can I guess? Yes. Sean White. Not a newcomer. He's got a, he's got a different one. You he's got some sort of... He's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, he is. Well, he's like an old-timer. It's called the Sean White Award. The Sean White Award. Nominated. Tavon Austin. Nominated was, as the gnarliest newcomer. I was going to guess that. You were going to... Tavon Austin was going to guess? No, I was going to guess Puig. Ben Maybe, 10 is nominated be. for Most Valuable Cartoon. Thank you. Most Valuable Cartoon. Yes. MVP. Along with... Let's see if Cal's heard of these. Along with Regular Show. Ever heard, of, heard that of that one? Yes. Okay, Adventure Time. Nope. No. How are you not, as, as as nearly forty year old men? How are you not watching Adventure Time? It's actually me. there's uh, a because I sleep a lot. B I can't even watch the news. Not that I would be inclined to, but I, I there's a watching TV. I have a five month old. What are you nuts? I'm not. I'm certainly not going to sit that table down. Time you put on the boob tube on Adventure Time. Although I do have a friend that does a voice on that. On Adventure there Time, you go. I believe so. PJ, you may know him as Bender. I, I, I know him. John DiMaggio. Yeah. Actually, met, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm friends with him. That's an exaggeration. I met John a couple times in Los Angeles. We have some mutual friends. My friend Matt Smith is an old friend of his. And a uh, huge Jet fan, by the way, Cal. John huge. DiMaggio. Yep, huge Jet fan. I mean, huge. Mm-hmm. He came to see a play that I was doing that Matt had directed, and during my curtain call, when I came out for my curtain call, he did the Jets chant in the back of the room. Nice. In the back <laughs> of the theater. It was great. That's cool. On his, he's got uh, rather a distinct voice, too. He's, he's one of the most talented voiceover artists, you know, voice artists working today. He has that movie out right now called, um, I think it's called I Know That Guy or something like that, that independent documentary on voice artists. Um, DiMaggio works all the time. Not that he has to, because Bender. Uh, but uh, I think he's on Adventure Time. Am I wrong there? He is. Yeah, he's the voice of the dog. Yep, the voice of the dog on Adventure Time. Yeah. This is a good show. We should be watching this show. It, it's <laughs> so I, I great. Michael. Michael's. Yeah, great. Come so back great. here with my show. It's a really big show. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll abandon this topic after this one last thing, which is they're giving also the award for most awesome mascot. Is it a team? Is are... it a... Mr. Met up for this? No. And then take your award show and stick it where the sun don't ah! How about the San Diego chicken? Stick it with the baby's bathwater. If the Philly fanatic is up for this award... I may go protest. I may go. Nominees are 
The nominees are Benny the Bull. For the Bull? Ugh. Stuff in the ballot box. Bailey the Lion. All politics. Bailey the Lion. Who's who's he the mascot for? The Lion? The Lions? Raymond from the Rays. What? A mascot I've never actually seen. He looks a little bit like the Lorax. I thought and it was Ray Romano. I never Ray Romano. <laughs> he just shows up. Hey. Did you know the Eagles mascot was named Swoop? The Eagles mascot is named Swoop. I did know that. That's racist, though. Well, I mean, I obviously. he'll be there to accept the award. <laughs> he may be protesting. Accepting on behalf of Swoop is Mr. Matt. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Matt doesn't talk, as everybody knows. Right. Well, anyway, the that's, Hollis game will be humor. on uh, Cartoon Network on February 17th, and then repeating probably for the next two weeks. It sounds... It, it, I'm actually more than intrigued right now. It's My interest is more than because peak. you could put your kid in front of it and... It's it's an angle into sports that may hook some kids. Yeah. Because it's through the Cartoon Network, and they toss the cartoons in with it. And everybody who makes an appearance is obviously very nice to the kid. You get yeah. cartoons into the bargain. It does. And, and no one who goes to the podium says something, you know, hugely insulting or stupid. They, or political. They play along. Or political, so, right. So the producers of Ben 10 don't get up there and protest? <laughs> or, I'm or saying, if they, if they give a Lifetime Achievement Award to Shaq, you're not going to go up there and, you know, and talk about you know, the crisis in Sudan and how he's not going to accept the award until the United States changes its policy. He's going to go up to there and say, yo, basketball is great, you know, and everybody will cheer, and he'll say, then you're great, and then they'll cheer again. Basketball great. So there's no, you can go like grandpa, my. uncle going up there and talking about apartheid, right? <laughs> uncle, grandpa. <laughs> grandpa, uncle. Ah, uh, the fourth grade is a tear you apart, Cal. Grandpa, uncle. <laughs> I see what I watch. <laughs> he buys, he buys bootleg copies on Canal Street. Get Grandpa <laughs> Uncle here. <laughs> He's a really he old the guy. the voice talent of Ed Burns. Ben, ben nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph ten. I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying Ralph to look for ten. Uncle Grandpa. Grand- <laughs> grandpa's Uncle. Ah, your Grandpa's Uncle. All right, let's, let's wrap it up. I got to go to bed. Good night. Is, is that all right with you? Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, we didn't see any of the movies. We're not going to talk about them. No, who needs to? Seen Come one. on. I haven't seen one of them. <laughs> not Excellent a one. performances no. by all. Great directing. Excellent cinematography. You all did a very good job. Now go sit down. <laughs> did you see any of them, PJ, or no? <laughs> no. Well, it doesn't matter. The music's playing, so. <laughs> oh, that's it. doesn't matter what you think. Final unload. I want to talk about uh, 12 Answer Years the a question. Slave Answer the and question. how it's a metaphor. <laughs> it's not a metaphor. It's literal. It's very literal. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a metaphor at all. 
I got it, it on Canal Street. It's called 12 Years a Chef. <laughs> Too soon. 12 years, no shave. Too soon. He's got a long beard. Too soon. Been a, oh, my God. Been a, been 150 years. Too soon. Um, no. Was, have you seen any of the movies, Peach? Uh, no. No. Nor have I. No. I've seen, one, I've seen one movie in the last year, and it's Frozen. Right. Which is up for an Oscar? Let uh, it go. What's it up? It's up Let for it Best Animal. Best Soundtrack? Animated. Best yeah. Animated Movie? Best animated Movie. It's up for Most Overplayed Soundtrack Song. Wow. <laughs> How do you Coming re- from the guy that loved it. I absolutely love it, but I can't believe both versions of the song are in the, are in the uh, top 40. Yeah. Did you know that, That's a little over. It's a little overkill. The Adina Menzel I, I, version, which is like really Broadway, and the pop version with uh, Demi Lovato are both charting. I've only heard the... Queen, the uh, can't get enough. I have only heard the... Uh, what's her name? The Broadway one. The Broad? Adina. Adina. Oh, the Broadway. Adina. I've only heard the one with the Broad. I thought you said the Broad one. All right. I've only heard the one with the Broad, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way we do things. It's a very well done Disney musical. Thank you. And the whole movie was great. So. That was good. PJ, final number. We lost Reuben Kincaid today of the Partridge family. Dave Madden. God, I love Reuben Kincaid. I don't know why, but he was my favorite part of the show. I'm kind of sad that he's dead. Goodbye, Reuben. Cal, final unload. We also lost the professor today. Russell Johnson. 89 years old. They didn't realize he, had, he was that old. But he didn't realize he was that old. He, no, he knew. He knew all too well. <laughs> Who's they? We. I. I did not realize. Oh. I did not realize he was that old. I thought you said they didn't. No, no one did. <laughs> uh, well, it, oh, at this point, it leaves uh, Ginger and Marianne. That's what. That's who's left. They're next. <laughs> Pay-per-view, cage match. Sounds as if you're crossing off cast members and going silent. That will leave these two. (laughs) (laughs) And my final unload, look, I'm going to just try to put the icing on the Sunday here. The Olympics is in uh, two and a half weeks, I think, and uh, I'm starting to get Olympic fever. Yep. It's time for figure skating. It's time to really care about figure skating. And, you know, of course, Olympic hockey, but mostly figure skating. I think you might just be getting a cold. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> You're right. Take a lozenge. You'll be fine. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Send Clean the boys to get Dawn Wells. Bring me the head of Dawn Wells. Your next red. Good night, said Ed Burns.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.